Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up. But first, we do have to bring on our resident energy expert and associate editor of Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. So, David, how are you doing out there in uh, Louisiana? I believe you're at a conference speaking on behalf of Shell Magazine. Yes, I'm here at the uh, Louisiana Oil and Gas Association Conference. Uh, LOGA is uh, one of the two really fantastic trade associations that represent the industry in Louisiana. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get invited to speak this year. I've always uh, wanted to do this event, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Well, we're pretty excited to have you there, and, you know, it seems like uh, we do a lot more traveling these days. Um, I'm covering Sarah Week while you're down there talking on behalf of the magazine. Uh, Saudi Aramco's minister, Amin Nassar, told uh, Sarah Conference that he is not worried about the world reaching peak demand for crude oil anytime soon. He said his company sees very strong demands in emerging economies uh, for decades now to come, which is pretty interesting. And although said he saw the growing demand as non-combustible uses of petroleum products would ensure a healthy market for crude oil for many, many years. First, do you agree with this general outlook from him? And then also, second, um, when he's talking, what does he mean by non-combustible? Because I don't quite understand what that means pertaining to petroleum. Yeah, so let's talk about the, the second question first. Uh, so non-combustible basically means um, uses for petroleum and manufacturing things like plastic, polyester, you know, for clothes, uh, you know, all sorts of, of different things that uh, natural gas and, and uh, petroleum liquids are used as feedstocks for uh, fertilizers. Uh, you can just go on and on. Even in the steel industry, uh, a lot of steel plants use natural gas uh, as part of their processes. So it's uh, there are a lot of different uses for petroleum other than, you know, burning gasoline and automobiles. So that's right. what he was talking about there. Uh, and his general outlook, I think, is, is dead on. Um, you know, we keep hearing <laughs> these these uh, reports. Man, they, they come mainly from the environmental uh, movement that's trying to make the public think that oil and gas is, is uh, about to disappear, uh, talking about how, oh, gosh, all these electric cars and, you know, um, green energy is going to uh, force uh, less and less use of oil products in, in the near future. That's just not really going to happen. They, they never account for uh, the rapid growth in population and the rapid growth in demand for petroleum in emerging economies uh, in Asia, in Africa, in South America, uh, all over the world. People, you know, there are almost 2 billion people on Earth who really don't have access to, to, to real sources of energy. And, and the, the quickest way to, for these emerging economies to, to get their economies up and running is through the use of petroleum products uh, for, for their energy sources. So that's going to continue for, for decades to come. And, and, you know, 50 years from now, we will be using 
the earth will be using at least as much oil and gas as we're using today and probably a lot more. You know, I couldn't agree with you more being there since Monday. It was very hard. As a matter of fact, uh, I can't find anyone who has said that um, these alternative resources or fuels will be what we will be utilizing in the future. Uh, There was a lot of discussion about that there will be use, but even... uh, Rick Perry today, uh, Secretary of Energy, was discussing uh, the the, uh, Paris Climate Accord, and it came out that, look, you know, we all agree that we, you know, need to look at how do we handle better resources and how do we make things better. But at the end of the day, when you look at other countries that need access to clean water or or the quality of life can be extended because of energy and these growing emerging countries, um, there is not an, an alternative fuel solution out there. And so I didn't hear anyone say that we are moving away. And so if uh, if the point is is that the push is perception is reality and we want to push that someday fossil fuels will no longer be used, um, I have some swamp land for sale as well because that's just yeah. not a possibility, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> changing um, tune just a little bit, changing gears, I want to talk about um, the election. We had a, our primary here in Texas. Very, very interesting evening. A lot of the discussion was that uh, we were hearing the Democratic Party in Texas was uh, energized or re-energized and that they were going to be um, out in uh, protecting um, this or, you know, basically projecting that they were going to have this blue wave um, or that they're actually going to have it in November. So my question is, first of all, do we do you see a blue wave coming in the fall? And, um, and, and, and can you judge that by what we're seeing in the primaries? Yeah, uh, no, there's not going to be a blue wave this fall. In fact, there wasn't even a blue wave on Tuesday. Um, you know, we had a lot of talk about uh, how Democratic uh, uh, turnout in the early voting was actually exceeding Republican turnout. But the, those reports were uh, based on uh, uh, election numbers coming in from the big cities where Democrats always do well. True. And didn't True. account for all the rural areas where where the Republicans, you know, win run up big margins over Democrats in the state. And on Tuesday, uh, once all the votes were counted, the, the Republicans had fifty uh, percent more turnout than the Democrats did, and that just looks an awful lot like uh, every four years have looked in Texas for the last quarter of a century, and so. We can expect in November that the Republicans will win every statewide race and that, you know, I mean, that's just the way it's going to go. There won't be any blue wave in Texas. It's been going that way since 1994. Um, I want to ask you about Ted Cruz. So um, do you think that Bethel O'Rourke has a chance defeating Ted Cruz? Uh, He's raising a lot of money. um, And so I'm just wondering, (laughs) what do you see happening in November with these two? Yeah, no, and and I don't know, Mr. O'Rourke. He's probably a fine gentleman, and uh, you know, nothing negative about him. Uh, but he's in the wrong party. He's not going to beat Ted Cruz. Uh, Ted will win probably fifty-five to sixty percent of the vote, just like uh, Governor, you know, Abbott will win, and and Lieutenant Governor Patrick will win, and Christy Craddock will win, and it just it's going to go down the ballot, and. Uh, it doesn't matter how much money Beto raises. He's raising a lot of money from out of state, which is typically what Democrats do in Texas in these races. And, uh, you know, Ted Cruz is 
is a very strong uh, incumbent, and uh, it, the race won't be close. Interesting. Were there any real shocks uh, or shocking yeah. things that happened in some of the races? Uh, okay, tell me, which ones shocked you? Yeah, I'll tell you the one that really uh, surprised me the most, not just in terms of who won, but uh, by the margin, was uh, uh, State Senator Craig Estes, the Republican uh, from Wichita Falls area, um, was in a tough race. Pat Fallon, his challenger, was well-funded and was up on television, had a really strong ad campaign, and Senator Estes didn't. And so I think most people were expecting... uh, Fallon to win the race. Um, so that wasn't a surprise. It was just the margin, uh, 62% to 23% uh, for an incumbent senator who's been there a long time. That was uh, that was a real uh, surprise, I think. Um, otherwise, you know, things went pretty much according to form. Uh, Christy Craddock won her primary over Weston Martinez, um, who, you know, Weston had run a, a pretty strong race, an incredible race. And, uh, Again, the margin was not close, which was, I think, a little surprising. And then, you know, the one congressional race, again, uh, most of those went according to form. In fact, really, they all did. But uh, uh, when you look at uh, Will Hurd's race, um, he's going to have some work to do in the fall. Uh, and in in his district, he uh, uh, there were 40,000 votes cast in the Democratic primary and only uh, 29,000 cast in the Republican primary. And uh, so that tells you, I mean, there were, you know, it was a really close primary race mm-hmm. on the Democratic side. Uh, Gina Ortiz Jones ended up getting the most votes. She'll be in a runoff against uh, Rick Trevino uh, in that race. But, uh, but still, when, you know, even so, even though he didn't really have a strong opponent, uh, that many more votes cast in the Democratic primary than in the Republican primary has got to be a, a concern for Representative Hurd in, in what is, as we all know, a very tight district. I agree. He has a tough seat because of, you know, the redistricting. And, of course, if he gets reelected, then we look in, in the future here, in the near future, with issues pertaining to is this going to be a redistrict and go back to the Democratic Party, or is it going to stay Republican? So there's some issues there that I, I really do feel for whoever the candidate is that uh, wins that seat. But I think the, the the point is is that if you feel strongly about politics, David, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, it's about getting engaged and understanding what the candidates stand for and what really matters to you and your family. Um, and that's really, I think, what uh, is needed now is to figure out, you know, uh, where do we need to go as a state and what do we hold um, near and dear to our hearts of you know, trying to raise our family and, and just, you know, having a great quality of life. Uh, but that is all the time we have. I look forward to next week when we have you back on and you can tell us what happened at the conference over there in Louisiana. But until then, have a safe trip and have a great time over there in Louisiana. I look forward to it. Thank you. And with that, we do have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Join the Women's Energy Network for our biennial charity luncheon as we raise money for organizations that benefit STEM education among promising young girls within Title I HISD schools. The luncheon is taking place Thursday, April 12th at the Omni Westside Hotel, 
doors open at 11 a.m. Houston, we need your support to continue stimulating the work of great nonprofits. This is an opportunity to do good, but also network with high-powered female leaders in energy. Free headshots on site. This is an event that can't be missed, so mark your calendars. For more information and to register online, visit womensenergynetwork.org. Can't wait to see you there. Sponsored by ConocoPhillips, TransCanada, Technip, FMC, Halliburton, Chenier, Wells Fargo, Callan Petroleum, Penwell, Wanta Services, and Sidley Austin. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Shelly Straysner, who is the current president of Society of Women Engineers for Dallas, Texas. Shelly, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. Well, Shelly, I want to get started because um, your group was actually recognized uh, in Shell Magazine of being one of the very best nonprofits in the Dallas area for what you guys are doing. But before we jump into the meat and potatoes of what the Society for Women Engineers is doing, I want to talk a little bit about the organization as a whole. Tell me a little bit about how long has it been around? What's the real mission of the organization? What kind of members do you guys look for? Sure. So the Society of Women Engineers, or SWE, was founded in 1950. It's a not-for-profit educational and service organization that has both professional and collegiate members in the United States and abroad. Um, SWE seeks to establish engineering as a highly desirable career aspiration for women and to empower women to succeed and advance in their careers as engineers and leaders. Uh, the Dallas section of SWE was chartered in 1969, and we have about 250 members today. We serve engineers and communities in the Dallas area and its surrounding suburbs with monthly professional development meetings, industry tours, partnership events with other local STEM organizations like the National Society of Black Engineers and the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. Uh, we support local collegiate SWE sections and we run K through 12 STEM outreach events. Very, very interesting. You know, um, engineers are probably going to be one of the most important careers here in the future when you look at the whole STEM umbrella, and, and we're going to get into that in a little bit later on, but I want to first cover your background. What what brought you to uh, SWE in Dallas as the president? Tell me a little bit about your background. I've been a SWE member for 16 years since I was in college for electrical and computer engineering at Baylor University. And I've been an active member of two professional sections since graduating in 2005, first in the Southwest Texas professional section and the Dallas section now since moving here in 2010. Uh, SWE sections are run by volunteer leaders who have a passion to share SWE's mission with the general public, extend SWE's reach through membership growth and community outreach, and meet other engineers in our area. I've served in a number of volunteer leadership roles at the local section level, as well as regional and national levels of SWE. And this is my second year as Dallas SWE section president. I've, I also serve as the Baylor Collegiate Section Counselor and am on the SWE Magazine editorial board. 
And that's, that's kind of what I love most about SWE, whether, you know, wherever your passions lie, you can find a place to improve yourself and give back to the organization through volunteer service. Exactly. Well, it sounds like the Society of Women's Engineers, Dallas, is extreme is in good hands with you and you sound extremely knowledgeable and have a lot of moving parts when we look at this organization and i love to to cover nonprofits because shelly usually you'll see that these are volunteers and you know it's so important that corporations uh, support a lot of these great missions because especially ones that are dealing with stem professional uh women uh, especially, you know, on our show, it's driven towards more of uh, oil and gas sector, which is truly one of the most interesting and dynamic industries as a whole, requiring a lot of STEM-related um, disciplines, if you will. And so, um, you know, having uh, great missions and having the corporations support the nonprofits is really, uh, I think, a very important thing that they should have. All of these uh, publicly traded companies and uh, large companies should have a huge chunk, if you will, uh, donated and specifically set aside to continue to further this. You guys were recognized uh, in Shell Magazine for the Dallas area as uh, they identified your chapter as being one of the best nonprofits in the area. Uh, and I'm sure that, you know, it's it's hard enough to be recognized when you have a whole bunch of volunteers that come together. They're working their full-time job, especially if they're women, they're mommies too, and then they still find time to, to donate their time, volunteer their time for their special cause, which for you this is this one, but uh, Society of Women Engineers Dallas. But I just got to say that, you know, to be recognized – it's it's hard to get recognition these days. It's hard to stand out of the crowd and it's hard to be recognized for the things that you're doing every day that is very, very hard as a volunteer. So um, I want to encourage our listeners to go to uh, shellmag.com and look at why you guys were recognized. And of course, I just want to say it'll be covered in their next issue of their publication. So people who want to visit uh, why the Society of Women's Engineer was, was recognized need to go to shellmag.com. But I want to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about STEM and the importance of it, because this is your all's whole mission behind, you know, what you guys are doing out there. So in in looking at um, the different areas in which STEM uh, is looking at, uh, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, um, we're getting ready to go to break. But when we return, I want to get back and talking a little bit about how the Society of Women Engineers for Dallas, Texas, how you guys contribute to the STEM education here in Texas, and, and really also why do you guys think that STEM is so important to our youth? Um, but we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Oil Field Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. Have you heard of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, the largest state association in the country? 87 years strong, serving independents, and it's right here in Texas. 
offices in Houston, Austin, and Wichita Falls. Over 3,000 members of all ages like you who are in the oil and gas industry or who have family members and friends who are. Company members range from one employee to large independents. Lobbying, networking events, and saving you money. For a membership tailored just to fit your budget, contact Sandy Simon at sandis at texasalliance.org or call 281-997-7223. That's 281-997-7223. PISA is the Petroleum Equipment and Services Association who is the unified voice for the energy industry service, supply, and manufacturing organizations advocating and supporting continued achievements in job creation, technological innovation, and economic stability. PISA provides corporate membership opportunities in two categories, industry and allied. Over the years, a lot of amazing companies have become members of PISA, but don't take my word for it. Click on the directory on their website and see for yourself. In order to become a member of PISA, all you need to do is go to PESA.org, click on the membership tab, and fill out an application. Once again, that's PESA.org. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Shelly Straysner, who is the current president of Society of Women's Engineer Dallas. And Shelly, before the break, I really wanted to get into the topic of STEM and how your organization contributes to the STEM education here in Texas. Uh, and then, of course... Um, STEM is such an important part for our youth today. So I want to get your thoughts on how you guys are are getting engaged in that. Sure. So the Dallas Society of Women Engineers section runs two large K through 12 outreach events each year called the Design Your World STEM Conference for Girls. We've been doing that since 2012. And we rotate age ranges and locations throughout the city, providing a full day of science, technology, engineering, and math activities to students. The girls love that they get to meet real engineers and learn with other girls who share their passion for STEM topics. And it really um, makes an impact on attendees because if they can see it, they can be it. They, they picture themselves when they meet our um, women engineer volunteers, they can picture themselves um, being an engineer and doing, doing what we do for a living. Um, these events also include parent and educator sessions with information about STEM learning resources, navigating college admissions and financial aid processes, and panels of recently graduated engineers where parents can ask questions about why a STEM career might be a good choice for their student. Uh, we also attend other STEM organization events throughout the year, including the Dallas ISD STEM Expo, Moon Day at the Frontiers of Flight Museum, uh, all, any number of school career days and uh, Girl Scout functions throughout the year. Yeah, now that sounds fun as well. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. <laughs> we, we, we sometimes have more fun than the students. <laughs> we love to explain what we love about engineering and, um, you know, do, do learning activities in an age-appropriate way so that they, they understand what we do and um, the pathway to get there in their own education. So, let me ask you, tell me a little bit about why you think it is so important to reach the youth. I mean, I understand that 
there are many different career paths, whether it's uh, being an RN nurse, a police officer, but under uh, STEM specifically, there are so many opportunities and, and, and it's pretty much the occupation for the future. So it, you really can't go wrong if you're focusing on this. And it really does kind of start with getting a child involved and engaged in these type of areas early on. So how are you guys uh, working? I, I mean, we talked a little bit about the different things that you're doing, but when you um, talk to the parents, what what would what do you say to them that kind of helps them see that STEM is a really attractive thing for your child to look at as they're going into school and keep an eye on that? Or do you guys uh, get involved in that those type of discussions with the parents? Uh, absolutely. Um, the Society of Women Engineers runs a lot of research activities and does an annual literature review that shows, recent studies show that um, students really make their decisions about what it is they're interested in or what they want to do for a living pretty much by the time they get to high school. So the goal is to expose them to as many STEM activities and opportunities when they're young and um, make sure that parents and teachers know information about places where they might their students might get discouraged because some of these uh, subjects are really difficult sometimes. It's never easy to, to go down this route um, of, you know, advanced math, science, and uh, engineering topics, but um, how to, we try to educate both the parents and the students about overcoming challenges they might face, whether it's just, you know, difficult academics or actual um, discrimination or discouragement they might experience from people in their lives, not just, uh, you know, their peers, but sometimes, sometimes, unfortunately, teachers and family members. So, um, the more that we can get the word out about those challenges and um, presenting engineering as that um, really aspirational career where they can take their, their interest in STEM topics and apply it to just about any industry, any product. One of the former SWE presidents has a quote that says, uh, if you have a passion for something, I guarantee there's a way to make an impact with engineering, something like that. I paraphrased it, but... <laughs> Um, that, that's why, that's why I'm an engineer. I've actually worked in three different major industries, including computing, uh, aircraft products and now medical devices. So, um, it's really a versatile skill set and way of thinking. So those are the kinds of things that we like to share with, um, our communities, um, to tell them about what it is the, the engineering is all about problem solving. Well, you know, you, you you mentioned that um, you've had three different areas that you focused and related your STEM uh, education into in just modern day work. And um, one of the most important areas that um, oil and gas looks for is, is also in the uh, STEM areas. There's so many different opportunities in that specific industry as well. And there's so many more that are coming online with the technology evolving and developing. I know y'all don't focus necessarily just on oil and gas, but it's one of the areas of interest. Well, Shelly, we do have to take a quick break, but when we return, I want to talk a little bit about the women in this area. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. The new issue of Shell Magazine featuring Parsley Energy is online now. Visit shellmag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oilfield experts, 210-471-1923. 
And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Shelly Straysner, who is the current president of Society of Women's Engineer Dallas. And Shelly, before the break, we were talking a lot about the chapter seeking uh, the youth and trying to help them learn more about STEM, STEM education, great opportunities uh, under the spectrum of all different types of occupations, especially in oil and gas. But I want to move into another topic, which is um, how does the uh, Society of Women's Engineers Dallas uh, empower and encourage women specifically in this area? So Dallas, we has members from every engineering discipline, culture, industry, and career stage. And I've met, I've met some amazing mentors and friends through SWE. Um, and it's one thing that that is unique to SWE versus other professional development or um, industry-specific professional organizations. Uh, and our Dallas section is no exception. We have a really great diverse membership and our professional development events that we hold Feature guest speakers, including local engineers, career coaches, and industry experts that share their stories that are quite inspirational, and they often challenge us in our uh, routine ways of thinking and encourage us to grow in our own careers. The Society of Women Engineers also has hundreds of webinars that are free to members and accessible anytime online. So sometimes we, for our professional development events, we actually will watch some of those webinars and then talk about uh, how they, they might impact our own careers as one of our professional development meetings. Perfect. And tell me, are there any certain kind of women that um, are recognized for achievements and maybe specifically in the energy sector? So because we has members from every industry. There aren't any awards that are specific to the energy industry, but for our section, we have a few members from the energy sector, uh, including from companies like Halliburton, Emerson, Rockwell Automation, and Honeywell, and ExxonMobil actually has been a very loyal sponsor of our Design Your World outreach event in the past years, too. So we definitely have connections to the oil and gas industry and energy sector. and then we also have an active membership committee that submits award nominations for SWE and other recognition op- opportunities. And several of our members are recognized each year for their contributions to their industries and to SWE. And on, while I can't recall any award winners from our section being in the energy sector in recent history, there are plenty at the society level. Award winners who are honored at the society level go to an awards banquet at SWE's annual conference each year. That conference last year and in 2017 was held in Austin, Texas, and had over 14,000 attendees. So it was a really great event. 14,000. Jeez, Louise, that's a big (laughs) conference. It's an amazing experience. (laughs) You know, we're used to being in the minority, but being around 14,000 women and at that amazing award banquet, it's incredible. Well, you know, something just kind of tells me, I don't know if you sense it, but there's something in the air. It's a lot different this year. Um, and it has been. Yeah. I should note that the, the society is not exclusive. We certainly welcome men members and advocates. In fact, we need them to help with our uh, mission. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a really amazing experience to have that many people all in one place. <laughs> well, and it is so nice to see that there is a true value that most companies are seeing with having uh, women in uh, their area as far as, uh, or, you know, looking for women and, 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 and singling out and, and, and understanding that women can do 
just as much. And it seems like this is the year that a lot of attention, uh, I mean, it has always been going on that there have always been women. I don't want to make it seem like we women have never really been visually out there. We always have been. It's just more of, there just seems to be a whole lot more importance and priority and value. Yes. And it could also be, you know, there's just a shrinking workforce as well. Shelly, there's a lot of discussion right now and I, and I won't go into it, but there's a lot of discussion pertaining to, um, looking at other countries to come in and, and taking some of their best people to the United States because we just don't have enough when we look at, uh, you know, who comes into the country. And this is the specific area that they're look one of the specific areas that they're looking at. So it's so vital and so important to the United States that we encourage and keep promoting STEM-related uh, careers because it's just that important you guys you all uh, so aside from looking at women and aside from uh, you know helping with having men come in as well and help with this mission you guys look at youth you uh, help uh, get them prepared and understand what a career would look like with STEM uh, and it's just this huge chapter I want to uh, talk a little bit about when we return from break you guys do a whole bunch of events rather it be networking events uh, conferences and so I want to get more into the value of what you get when you become a member of the Society of Women's Engineer Dallas. But we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three and six person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side owner study. Join the Women's Energy Network for our biennial charity luncheon as we raise money for organizations that benefit STEM education among promising young girls within Title I HISD schools. The luncheon is taking place Thursday, April 12th at the Omni Westside Hotel. Doors open at 11 a.m. Houston, we need your support to continue stimulating the work of great nonprofits. This is an opportunity to do good, but also network with high-powered female leaders in energy. Free headshots on site. This is an event that can't be missed, so mark your calendars. For more information and to register online, visit womensenergynetwork.org. Can't wait to see you there. Sponsored by ConocoPhillips, TransCanada, Technip, FMC, Halliburton, Chenier, Wells Fargo, Callan Petroleum, Penwell, Wanta Services, and Sidley Austin. The new issue of Shell Magazine featuring Parsley Energy is online now. Visit shellmag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. 
Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. PISA is the Petroleum Equipment and Services Association, who is the unified voice for the energy industry's service, supply, and manufacturing organizations, advocating and supporting continued achievements in job creation, technological innovation, and economic stability. PISA provides corporate membership opportunities in two categories, industry and allied. Over the years, a lot of amazing companies have become members of PISA, but don't take my word for it. Click on the directory on their website and see for yourself. In order to become a member of PISA, all you need to do is go to PESA.org, click on the membership tab, and fill out an application. Once again, that's PESA.org. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Shelly Straysner, who is the current president of Society of Women's Engineer Dallas. Shelly, we've been talking a lot about the great value that your section gives to anyone who wants to be a member or join in the experience uh, with the society. But you guys do so much more throughout uh, 365 days out of the year, every year. And you guys put on what appears to be some amazing events. So I want to get into that a little bit. Tell uh, me a little bit about y'all's recent event that happened in Dallas. Um, where was it held? And uh, tell me some of the uh, things that were successes in your experience. Sure. So our last Design Your World STEM conference for fifth, fourth and fifth grade Uh, girls was held at Legacy Prep Academy in Plano in November of 2017. Uh, That was a really great success. We had a lot of fun uh, with the girls doing uh, water bottle rockets and um, car races and all kinds of fun activities about the weather. And they learned, they really learned a lot. We had a great time. Uh, We also attended the DISD STEM Expo in the fall and where we were teaching visitors about electronic circuits Uh, Last weekend, we held our second annual College to Career Conference with the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers and the uh, National Society of Black Engineers, Dallas-Fort Worth sections, and uh, that was really great. We invited 60 local engineering college students to hear guest speakers and panelists talk about their careers in engineering, and the students have the opportunity to do some mock interviews and get their resumes reviewed before looking for jobs as they near graduation. Uh, in at the society conference last year in Austin, the our Dallas SWE section won four SWE mission awards in the areas of outreach, multicultural events, and um, communication. Um, the way that we share SWE's mission with our website and social media and all of that. So, we're definitely doing a lot. And of course, you know, our most recent recognition was from uh, Shale Magazine. So we really appreciate uh, being recognized for all the work that we're doing in our community. You know, um, I just cannot say enough as a as a past president of a, a large, large nonprofit sitting on many national boards. There is a huge difference between um, charity work, volunteer work, nonprofit, and for profits. And if you if you think about it uh, in a business sense, the, these 
chapters, these sections, these organizations, they they really endure a lot to get their mission across. And it's it's so selfless. No one is making money off of this. This is just giving back and giving back and giving back. And so, you know, to me, it is important that we do spotlight organizations, nonprofits that are doing amazing things to help women, to help the industries, to help STEM uh, areas of, of, of employment, the youth. And, um, you know, there are, there are uh, challenges that these organizations as volunteers working off of contributions from employers or from uh, membership dues. And that's all that most organizations work through throughout the year to try to deliver their message. And so it's important as employers, these publicly traded companies, uh, that they do contribute and they are a part of of wonderful organizations like, um, of course, the Society of Women Engineers in Dallas. And then, of course, I'm, I'm assuming you guys have more chapters. How many chapters do you guys have? Oh, gosh, there are thousands just in the United States, and then there are also international affiliates as well. But um, there are both collegiate and professional sections, and certainly in every state, every major city. And then there are some members who join but don't have a local section nearby them, and they're called members at large. Uh, but there are also, you know, structures within the society to connect them to to people who are close to them and make them feel a part of the community as well. So, uh, I believe that we're approaching forty thousand members uh, at the society level. So we're definitely growing in a time where a lot of professional organizations are seeing their memberships decline. So it's a, a really great testament to our passion and um, the importance of our mission. Good job. Well, let's talk a little bit about some upcoming events. So if you have uh, what upcoming events, I think you probably have a couple of mixers. So those are always a delight um, and a lot of fun. Tell me a little bit about upcoming mixers and events that are happening in the Dallas area. Sure. So we have uh, professional development meetings coming up on March 15th and April 14th. Uh, we've got our next Design Your World STEM conference that we're planning. It'll be for ninth and 10th grade girls hosted at Seagoville High School's P-Tech Academy. That'll be on mid-April. And uh, we're also accepting applications for our scholarship programs. We Each year, we award several thousand dollars in scholarships to local high school and college students who are in, in going into engineering programs. So those are some exciting things that we have coming up for the spring. Oh, Shelly, now I want to talk a little bit about how can someone join the Society of women engineers rather it's in dallas of course we want the dallas listeners to to contact your organization but there are many 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 sections all over the united states if you guys so tell us a little about how they can join the dallas sector and and get a hold of you guys uh so all membership is handled through the society you can visit swe.org swe.org to find a section near you. If that happens to be Dallas, we would love to have you as a member. Um, All of the membership is processed through there and usually you're assigned based on your address, but you can um, select whichever section is is, uh, closest to you uh, to be a member of that local section. And so our website is dallaswe.org. That's D-A-L-L-A-S-W-E.org. And we're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you wanna find out more about our Design Your World STEM Conference for Girls, visit designyourworld.org. Very good. Well, Shelly, thank you so very much for joining us today. I loved hearing about the Society of Women Engineers. And it does sound like it's an amazing group for not just women, but men. And so I do encourage our listeners, please do your part. Send in contributions to your local organization 
whether it be the Society of Women Engineers or another great organization dealing with great missions. Shelly, that's all the time we have for today, but I do thank you for being a guest, and we look forward to bringing you back on sometime in the future to talk a little bit more about what you guys are doing uh, at maybe possibly one of your new conferences. Well, thank you very much to Shell for the recognition and for your time today. Thank you. And that's all the time we have, but be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash in the oil patch radio show or follow us on Twitter at Shell Mag. If you are interested in keeping up with in the oil patch radio show or the latest issue of Shell Magazine, you can do that. It's free. All you have to do is go to www.shellmag.com. Again, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com and sign up for our free newsletter. That is going to wrap up another great show. We'll see you next week with more exciting news and insightful interviews. Until then, adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.